Let me start by putting my maxed-out credit cards on the table. We hear about the role money plays in politics all the time, but back in the mid-2000s, the very peak of the aughts, I had a front-row seat in full view of the action. This was before I was a television commentator, before I wrote columns discussing politics, and before I had my own podcast. Come to think of it, it was before podcasts even existed. I was about seven years into my political career at that point, and I had just finished managing an innovative, well-run, though ultimately losing, congressional campaign. I was back in Washington, D.C., eager to apply the skills I had learned on the campaign trail to my new job as a political professional, what some news outlets might call an operative. I took some consulting jobs for issue advocacy and corporate communications. It sounds fancy, doesn't it? When you hear political operative, you might imagine James Carville, Paul Begala, Lee Atwater, Carl Rove, or George Stephanopoulos before he started hosting bubblegum morning infotainment shows. You know the type. Polished, cunning, and always thinking two or three moves ahead on the three-dimensional chessboard that only they can see. I worked for some people who were like those guys, but as I found out quickly, I wasn't one of them. It turns out that people don't come knocking down your door when you run an innovative, well-run, though ultimately losing, campaign, mostly because they focus on the ultimately losing part. So the consulting gigs I got became very important to support my twin goals of one, not starving, and two, not sleeping on the street. It all hit home when I did a project for the princely sum of $1,000. I'm only half-joking by calling it princely. Back then, that G was important to me. It was rent, food, a car payment, and a minimum payment on a credit card. Today, $1,000 is still important to me, but I needed it back then. The problem? My client wasn't going to pay me until they got paid by their client. So I was waiting on not just one, but two corporate accounting departments. If you've ever dealt with people in corporate accounting, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, this is every bit the slog you're imagining. Weeks went by without payment, then a whole month. My seasoned political operative clients absorbed the delay just fine. Me? I floated checks that would bounce so hard I'm surprised OSHA didn't require special eyewear for anyone who handled them. And when they bounced, that meant overdraft fees, $35 per Boeing. When my client finally did pay, that $1,000 ended up costing me well over $300. The situation was nerve-wracking and a little embarrassing. But then again, most people know exactly where I'm coming from. According to a January 2022 survey by the consumer financial services company Bankrate, more than half, 56% of American families, can't afford an emergency expense of $1,000. Shortly afterward, I left the campaign operative world for good. It might say something about my penchant for punishment that I opted for the notoriously low-paying industry that is news media. I never got rich in politics, but plenty of others sure do. And I'm not talking about the savvy, expert political operatives who can charge way more than $1,000 for their consulting expertise. I'm talking about the people who hire them. Politicians. I'm not trying to stoke class warfare. I'm not interested in a revolution to overthrow the bourgeoisie or anyone else. To paraphrase conservative political theorist Russell Kirk's defense of President Dwight D. Eisenhower, I'm not a communist, I'm a golfer. Okay, I'm not a golfer, but I am a center-right columnist, and my wife is a Republican fundraiser, so 
that basically qualifies me for any country club in America. Well, maybe not Trump National. I'm not big on socialism, and my church warns against envy and covetousness. Then again, they also warn against drunkenness. On the other hand, I know what it's like to struggle, man. My nail-biting experience over $1,000 isn't the only time I've been in a pinch. I've been rich and I've been poor. And as Mrs. George S. Kaufman or Mae West or Sophie Tucker once observed, rich is better. Okay, poor might be a stretch. Rich might be too, depending on your standards. But I've spanned a pretty wide gamut. I'm the son of a prison guard. My dad worked as a correctional officer for about 30 years in Hagerstown, Maryland, who talks politics on TV and is on texting terms with some of the biggest names in politics and journalism. My mom was a homemaker who also babysat. Interestingly, she did a stint proofreading for the Doubleday Book Publishing Company in Smithsburg, Maryland. Maybe that's how I inherited this writing bug. 